Eight teams will enter. Four teams will survive. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there. How is everybody doing? It is Friday night, the night before the divisional playoffs of the NFL. Article and spreadsheets are all completed. I uh, had the updated spreadsheets go out tonight, uh, as well as the article, of course. But uh, it's it's done. It's done. It's over. We need to go through it. We need to figure out what's going on. I figured maybe we just go game by game, and we'll go over the guys that I picked or had chosen uh, to put into our player pool. And then <clears throat> if we have any injury concerns, you know, COVID-type stuff uh, pop up, uh, then we've got to, you know, we can kind of go through and go through our pivots and whatnot. So, uh, we will start with the Saturday games. We will start with the Rams at Green Bay. Uh, currently it is Green Bay still at a six, as a six and a half point favorite, 45 and a half is the over under. Uh, this is going to be pretty much a defensive, uh, struggle of a game. Um, so maybe you just kind of start there, I guess. I don't know. Do I start with defense? Nah, nah, nah. We'll go through the Ram side. Um, and pretty much the top guy to utilize, if you want to utilize a guy uh, from the L.A. Ram side. And it's actually a really good play, is Cam Akers. Uh, 7,029 and 5,700 on the full game slate the full four game slate he is fourth third and fifth on the two game saturday only slate he is second first and third um basically i'm going to read this out this one is it's pretty pretty straightforward i'm going to read this right out of the article uh if the rams are going to have any chance of pulling out a victory this weekend in green bay it will be because of their defense and running back cam acres there's absolutely no way in my mind that the rams can win if they have to rely on jared goff to throw them to the win ram uh the rams the packers are 18th in run defense dvoa 28th in dvoa versus running back in the passing game while 27th in points allowed to the position during the regular season uh, as I pointed out on the previous podcast, Packers have gotten better against the run over the course of the last five weeks of the regular season, but we're stable against running backs in the passing game and still allowing too many points overall to the position. Uh, so that means the running back position is in line for touchdowns and fellow running back Malcolm Brown isn't a true threat to steal touches uh, with Akers' overall talent when he handles the ball. So Cam Akers is definitely probably the only guy that I'm going to utilize in my lineups. Uh, specifically on the four-game slate, on the two-game slate, maybe there's a way to get a little bit tricky 
in here. Now, <clears throat> the only other guy that I wrote up was uh, Cooper Cup. He is questionable. He's got a bursitis in his knee. Okay, so Packers are 23rd in DVOA versus the wide receiver 2. They're 7th overall in points allowed to the wide receiver position. So, uh, huh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Let me text me. I don't even recognize the number, but apparently uh, females who have a cancer diagnosis could qualify for payout if harm was caused from a powder product they used. Uh, why the fuck would I get that? Thanks. Uh, so basically, we'll do the pricing here first. Uh, 6,119 and 5,300. Good for 11th, 11th, and 10th on the four-game slate. Fifth, fifth, and fourth on the two-game slate. Uh, He's going to be a game-time decision. At least this is the first game of the whole entire weekend, so we're going to know right away. Uh, I do like the matchup in the slot against cornerback Chandon Sullivan. Um, But the bursitis in the knee... They were expecting him to be fully uh, ready to go for the game. Uh, Today, though, it did pop up that he will be a game-time decision. So if he's out, what I wrote was basically the only only other guy really that I would kind of consider uh, as far as the passing game is going to be Tyler Higby at tight end. Um, But I'm probably just going to go ahead and fade all the receiving options if that's the case. Uh, don't want to do Robert Woods. He's going to be covered by Jair Alexander. Alexander will follow him. He's going to follow him. Especially if Cup is out. If Cup is out, you got Alexander on him all fucking day. He goes in the slot. He's going to follow him to the slot. It is what it is. Jair Alexander is the top corner for the Packers. He's not going to let him out of his sight. Kevin King will end up will be you know still on Josh Reynolds. Uh, you'll see some Van Jefferson pop in there, but I, I just Jared Goff in these temperatures, <clears throat> it's just not not a good thing um, with his thumb. He's going to have a real hard time probably gripping that gripping that football. Uh, the colder that it that it gets, you know, Seattle wasn't too bad. I believe Seattle was still in uh, upper forties, I believe, last weekend. So. Um, it, it's going to be a real pain in the ass. It's going to be a real pain in the ass for him. So I'll just start at with the defense here for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, as long as I can get my my turtle, as long as I can get my turtle in the right spot. Uh, so we'll start with the Green Bay Packers defense, who I have chosen over the LA Rams. Uh, LA Rams certainly are in play. Uh, all defenses are really in play, depending upon, you know, if you're trying to get some savings in there or whatnot. On the four game slate, uh, outside of Yahoo, I mean, you could look at the LA Rams, I guess, um, on FanDuel and DK, because it's 3,800 on FanDuel, 2,600 over on DK, good for fifth and seventh on Yahoo. They're the top price defense at $17. So, uh, I mean, if you really want to bet against the Packers with Cam Akers, I I suppose you could go with the L.A. Rams. Um, But, you know, most of the time you're not going to force any turnovers from Aaron Rodgers, especially this year. Uh, 
the only thing you probably look for is you know Aaron Donald uh, forcing a fumble maybe, and that's about it. So, but Green Bay is going to be my favorite defense because we do expect this game to be the lowest scoring game of the weekend. Um, price points forty six hundred thirteen and thirty nine hundred good for second, fifth, and first on the four game slate. Uh, f- uh, first, fourth, and first on the two game slate. So basically, it's going to be an auto lock on the two game slate, uh, two game, and probably the four game. To be honest, um, if you want to pay all the, w- if you want to pay down as much as humanly possible, but still have a, a decent defense and a decent you know game script and whatnot. So, <clears throat> Green Bay is what it is for me on the Saturday slate. Uh, same holds true on the Sunday slate. If you want to pay down uh, for a defense on the two-game slate, that's fine. Uh, just, you know, I, I tend not to try and get tricky on this because that's pretty much what a lot of people are going to do. Um, for the Packers side, I am, t- I am looking at Aaron Jones. 7,800, 29, and 6,800. Good for third, third, and second on the four-game slate. First across the board on the two-game slate. Rams are third in rush defense DVOA. Seventh in DVOA versus running back to the passing game. And third in points allowed to the position. You can run against the Rams if you are committed to it. You can also continue to get the job done on the ground if you're playing from ahead and don't fall incredibly behind on this defense, which makes sense. Packers are dealing with offensive line issues, but as they showed in Week 17 following the loss of offensive tackle David Bakhtiari, they they can get the job done and keep the offense moving. Akers and Dobbins are my preferred running back pair for the Saturday slate, uh, but I think that's going to be pretty chalky, so I'm willing to take a shot on Jones in a couple of lineups. That continues to hold true. Now, it's Jones... If you're going to want to slow down that pass rush, especially with with Donald, you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to impose your will on this defensive line. If they get past that front, the D tackles, the D ends, if he can get into the second level, he can own these linebackers. He's going to destroy these linebackers. So once he gets back past the first level, he gets into that second level and third, Back into the linebackers and then into the safeties, he's gone. He's gone. He's going to own it. Now I've heard I've heard some talk about Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon. They're not going to trust. They're not going to do anything with the rookie. It's going to be primarily Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, in my opinion, is going to be back there primarily for pass blocking. That's how they're gonna. That's how they're gonna help out their offensive line. You probably see two tight end sets in there. You'll have Adams and Lazard out there, but they're not going to be afraid to throw on this defense. They are not. Now, you would probably expect me to put maybe Devontae Adams in here. I have not done that. What I'm looking at is Marquez Valdez Scantling or MVS. 5,500, 11, and 3,800, good for 14th, 22nd, and 21st on the four-game. 7th, 10th, and 10th on the two-game. Doesn't mean that I hate Devontae Adams this week. I don't. I just don't feel like chasing the bogus TD that DK Metcalf caught last weekend when uh, Russell Wilson tossed up a Hail Mary of sorts. 
So <clears throat> DK Metcalf ended up not being covered on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they got a good pass rush on Seattle, forced um, Russell Wilson to run to his left, and he just tossed up a prayer. DK Metcalf came out of coverage as everybody kind of you know was watching to see what Wilson was doing. He got away. He got behind the defense, and it was basically a chuck throw. Hit him right on target, but it was a lucky-ass fucking catch because it was a lucky-ass pass. The second touchdown that DK Metcalf has, I actually would give him props on. It was actually a really good one, but the first one, no way, Jose. If he only caught the one, he would not have been worth the value that, or the price that you would have had to have paid to have rostered him. So, um, can Adams do it? Sure. And to be fair, I will probably grab a share for the Saturday only and one share for the four-game slate, and that is it. One like one lineup total for each slate. I am going to, however, have a couple of shares of MVS, who is in a terrible matchup as well, lined up against cornerback Darius Williams. You know, Darius Williams, the guy who picked off Russell Wilson last week and ran it to the house. It was a terrible pass by Russell Wilson. You, you're not going to see this. You're not going to see that same type of pass from Aaron Rodgers, okay? So, um, Rams are 14th in DVOA versus the wide receiver plus. I still consider MVS the third wide receiver. Allen Robinson the number two. Uh, MVS will see one-on-one coverage almost all game. Uh, and with the speed and height, should be able to get behind the secondary and have a shot at a long TD. He's missed out on a couple this season, and we'll have another opportunity this week. He's dirt cheap, and he's worth a shot. You're going to have to find something. And outside of maybe Alan Lazard, there's nobody else really within the wide receivers that, you're will, that you should be willing to take a shot on other than, say, MVS. MVS just makes way too much sense. Is he going to be highly rostered? I don't know. Maybe. I think a lot of people are going to um, they're going to try and dick around with that whole Cooper Cup. Uh, if Cooper Cup's out, they're going to try and fit in a guy like Van Jefferson. Uh, um, uh, Josh Reynolds, something like that. I'm not going to get cute with the Packers and take a look at you know, Equinamia, St. Brown, or Malik Taylor. I'm just not. St. Brown's not all that good. I'm not going to roster Tavon Austin, although I will say that he is the return guy. Sure, it's a revenge game of sorts. But he doesn't see enough passes within the, you know, the actual constructs of the offense to warrant putting in your lineup. Even on a two-game slate where you're trying to get a little fucking weird. The one other guy that I will take a look at is Robert Tunyon at tight end. 6,216 and 4,200. Good for third, fourth, and third on the four-game. Second across the board on the two-game. He's another pass target that Rodgers can utilize if staying away from Jalen Ramsey coverage. Rams are 10th in DVOA versus tight end, 11th in points allowed to the position. It's a tougher matchup than I'm usually willing to attack here, but I believe he isn't going to be heavily rostered. And in a matchup with linebacker Kenny Young, 
He has a sizable advantage this week. If you have any hesitation, good lord, I'm tired. If you have any hesitation whatsoever, then pa- then pass on utilizing him this weekend. I'm just I'm flat out. If you did, if you don't like it, there's plenty of options. Tight end is very very strong this week. Very very strong to the tune of you are not. You wouldn't be crazy to roster two. In fact, you'd be crazy not to consider rostering two tight ends this week. Instead of forcing, say, another wide receiver in there. You know, high-flying whatnots. Look at the matchups. If you have access to the spreadsheet, look at the matchups for every tight end. And it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So, would I consider Mercedes Lewis? Ooh, Jay Sternberger, actually, I should have marked out his out. Yikes, I don't think he's there. So that's my bad. Don't do Jay Sternberger. Dominique Daphne? No. 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 No, we're not doing fucking Dominique Daphne. All right, let's move on to the second game for Saturday. That's Baltimore-Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorite, 49-and-a-half is the over-under. That's stayed stable pretty much all week. Um, And surprisingly, not surprisingly enough, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are the two quarterbacks that I'm looking at this weekend. Uh, we'll start with the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson, 8,000, 33, and 7,600. Good for fourth, third, and second on the four-game slate. Third, second, and first on the two-game slate. Yes, you will notice on FanDuel and on Yahoo that he is extremely cheap for his talent and for this matchup. Um, I'm, And to be honest with you, when I first looked at the matchups and everything, I, even before I saw price points and whatnot, uh, he was the guy that I was kind of leaning on uh, for a quarterback if you're looking at the Saturday games, especially for two games. So really leaning here for a quarterback this week is Bills, our second in pass defense DVOA, 16th in points allowed to the QB position. They've had a bit of a problem with mobile mobile quarterbacks. They give a shit ton of, uh, you know, in comparison to running backs, but... Um, they've given up a shit ton of rushing TDs to quarterbacks, so keep that in mind. Kyler, Russ, and Herbert all have had good success against the Bills this season, and with the moderate success that QB Phillip Rivers had last weekend, in my opinion, the Bills will be in a little bit of trouble containing Lamar. They're going to try and keep... The funny thing is this whole narrative that they're going to... They're going to keep Lamar from running outside. Makes sense, right? You know, you don't want them getting, you know, outside of uh, the containment um, and running down the sideline. The thing of it is, is if you if you really, truly fucking watch the game, and this is what I this is what fucking confuses me. So there's all these experts and stuff, and I see this on NFL Network, and I see this on ESPN. I hear it on Sirius, and they're like, 
They're going to they're gonna contain Lamar. They're going to keep him from running outside. If you actually watch how fucking Lamar Jackson runs when he takes off, he goes straight up the fucking middle, and then he veers out when he hits the second level. That's how he runs. They open that hole up. Like, basically, if you're looking at the line, you got your center, your two guard, you know, your guard on either side, and then your tackles. Where he runs is literally, like, just off the right ass cheek of the fucking guard. That's where he's, that's his running lane. That's where it opens up. That's where he fucking sprints through. He sprints fucking straight and then out. It's not like Kyler, where Kyler fucking runs outside and then shoots up. That's the difference between the two. When If you want to compare Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray to Lamar Jackson, it's fucking amazing. I just watched it right now with Lamar Jackson. That's right where he just fucking ran. Right up. Right up behind, behind the fucking guard. In between the guard and the fucking tackle. So fucking stupid. People don't fucking pay any fucking attention. They say they watch these fucking games, and then their analysis complete the fuck off. So, Lamar Jackson, good spot. Man, it's going to be tough. Um, One and done leagues. I'm I'm probably going to go Lamar Jackson in my one and done leagues. I used Ben Roethlisberger last week. Um, but Baltimore can win this game, but I think I'm going to use Lamar Jackson in my one and done. I think I'm just going to stick with the AFC all the way up through the Super Bowl, or up through the AFC Championship, and then just use the NFC quarterback, um, in the Super Bowl. I think that's how I'm going to run it this year. I think that's how I'm going to run it. All right. Uh, let's see here. We got to go to the running backs. And that brings up J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. All right. So we'll start with Dobbins first. Dobbins, 6,521 and 6,000. Good for fifth, sixth, and fourth on the four game slate. On the two game slate, he is third, third, and second. I did say fifth, sixth, and fourth on the four, right? Yeah, I hope so. I hope I fucking did. Otherwise, if I didn't, I apologize. Uh, Gus Edwards, 5,300, 17, and 4,200. Good for 12th, 9th, and 16th on the four game. 5th, 4th, and 7th on the two. So Gus Edwards is going to be your pay down option uh, from J.K. Dobbins, okay? Uh, But let me read this out. Okay. So this is really kind of a no brainer after watching what Taylor and Hines did to the bills last weekend, Buffalo 17th and rush defense DVOA 15th and DVOA versus the running back in the passing game while 20th in points allowed to the running back position And this. That's key for, you know, running quarterback. So Lamar, that's why Lamar can fucking run, uh, for the Saturday only slate. This is pretty much the best place to start. Same as last week's article where I stated that Dobbins is the preferred choice for a Baltimore running back, but definitely think about Edwards as he is in just as good of a spot, but for less salary and ownership. Um, J.K. Dobbins is going to be your goal back, um, so he's more assured of a touchdown if they get down there. Um, Gus Edwards is going to have to earn it from, way out, uh, from farther out, so he's going to have to have the big play. 
So there's one of two ways you can do it. You either run Dobbins. <laughs> three ways you can run it, right? So you run Dobbins and, say, Cam Akers, okay? Or you run Gus Edwards and Akers. Or you run Dobbins and Edwards and decide what if you want to run that third running back, okay? So I think you can run them together, uh, but you're probably going to fade Lamar if you're running the two running backs together. So you would use, you know, Josh Allen on a two game for it, you know, just for uh for example, okay. So I wouldn't run all three if you're gonna do it. But uh Lamar Jackson definitely trying to get him in there. I don't mind pairing him with Dobbins in this matchup. We head to the wide receivers. Uh we do have Marquise Hollywood Brown listed in here. Okay, so he's 6,500, 20, and 5,200. Good for ninth, ninth, and 11th on the four game, fourth, third, and fifth on the two game. So he's pretty, you know, he comes at a pretty good value. So Bills are 23rd in DVOA versus the wide receiver one, and it's difficult to determine exactly who is going to cover him this weekend, as all three of the main quarterbacks will have an opportunity to cover him as Brown has moved around the field. When Tredavious White is covering him, they are matched up equally. I'll probably side with the Tredavious White side. When either Teron Johnson on the outs- on the other side, on the outside, or Levi Wallace in the slot cover him, it is Brown who will have the advantage, and he's far and away the best target for Lamar from the running or from the wide receiver position. They're making a whole shitload big deal out of Tredavious White. Okay. They move, they, if you want, go back to that Titans game. They move Marquise Brown all over the fucking field. Tredavious White also does not do shadow coverage. He's not going to move from his side of the field. So Brown has an advantage in there. Now, yes, I do understand that there's going to be, you know, snow in this game. Uh, but the offense always has the advantage over the defense in snow because they know exactly where they're going. So I don't want you to forget about Marquise Brown at all. Okay? There's not going to be a lot of options for wide receivers. I'm not fucking around with any other uh, any other wide receivers on the Baltimore side. Don't give me Miles Boykin. Don't give me fucking Willie Sneed. Don't say shit about Devin DuVernay, Des Bryant, James Prochet, or Chris Moore. I don't give a fuck about any of them. Lamar's back to targeting two guys. And it's Marquise Brown. And at tight end, we have Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, top tight end for the Saturday, the Saturday only slate. 6,624 and 5,000. Good for second across the board on the four-game slate. First across the board on the two-game slate. Outside of Travis Kelsey has the best matchup on the board. Bills are 13th in DVOA versus tight end. 25th in points allowed to the position. Means touchdowns. If I had to choose between Andrews at tight end or Brown at wide receiver, I would definitely lean Mark Andrews. But this is far and away a great tight end slate, so don't forget you can start two in your lineup. That's kind of a theme. Two tight ends, okay? 
<laughs> yes, you could actually do market Andrews and uh, Travis Kelsey in your thing. So, um, again, if you're paying down for defenses, uh, if you look at ba- if you look at Baltimore actually on the four game slate, they are uh, thirty six hundred on Fanduel, twenty eight hundred on DK. They are six on the four game slate, which means they're what third probably on the two game slate so definitely consider them uh if you're paying down should be a good game um but you can actually you can actually target josh allen uh considering the fact that nobody's gonna fucking probably want to do it since he's been so hot because i mean that josh allen he's still hot right now he's still hot so hot but Josh Allen is our other quarterback for the Saturday slate. Uh, 8,800, 39, and 7,400. Good for second, second, and third on the four-game slate. First, first, and second on the two-game slate. Ravens pass defense is 10th in DVOA, 9th in points allowed to the quarterback position. Allen has been on fire late in the season, so something has to give here. Teams have had success throwing the ball against the Ravens, but outside of quarterback Baker Mayfield, they haven't really exploded. I don't want to discount Josh Allen, but I do prefer Lamar in the matchup. I will have an Allen share here or there, though, as he could absolutely explode in this matchup. Moving to running back, we look at Devin Singletary. 5,700, 17, and 4,500. Good for 11th, 9th, and 11th on the four-game slate. On the two-game slate, he is fourth all the way across the board. Let me explain Devin Singletary, okay? He's not my favorite running back on the slate, um, but he's in play, especially if you need to pay, you know, if you need to save a little bit of salary. There's no running back Zach Moss since he was put on IR this week. Which moves running back TJ Yeldon up to the uh, up the board to a backup role. I'm not worried about Yeldon digging into Singletary's touches though. This is his backfield until the Bills are bounced from the playoffs, which could be this week. The Ravens are 12th in rush defense DVOA and 21st in DVOA versus running back in the passing game, while 11th in points allowed to the position. RBs can have success against the Ravens if they stay committed to utilizing their running backs. Cleveland, for example, absolutely destroyed them because of the commitment and offensive line advantage, which Baltimore also or Buffalo also has. He's definitely not going to be highly used as everyone will look more towards quarterback Josh Allen, so I'm willing to take the savings uh, on him this week, although I will have to admit I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. I think he's going to be a little bit higher owned. Um, he'll be higher owned on the two-game slate. The four-game... The four-game slate, I think what you're going to see, and we'll get to the Cleveland-Kansas City game, is um, I don't expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to play for Kansas City this weekend. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of people probably pivot over to the Kansas City game expecting Clyde Edwards-Alaire not to play. Now we're going to have most of the afternoon before this game. Um for that to have, you know, to figure out, you know, or for them to just say, you know what, Clyde is sitting out. 
So I think you're going to see a lot of people pivoting over and trying to figure out if it's Le'Veon Bell or if it's Daryl Williams. I'm personally not going to fuck around with that because I'm going to be more on Kansas City's passing game. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say if you want to pay down, if you want to pay down running back, it's going to be here with Devin Singletary. And it's probably a better play over on DK uh, just for the past, the full point PPR cap- uh, capabilities. You can run, you can run against Baltimore. Last week, I think they were really just kind of jacked up to play the Titans. So it put the Titans in a really bad spot. So wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, 8,600, 31, and 7,300. Good for third, fourth, and third on the four game. Second across the board on the two game slate. He's priced underneath, of course, Devontae Adams. Ravens are third in DVO waivers to the wide receiver one and third in points against the position overall. A.J. Brown had his way last weekend, and it's a spot that we can look at again uh, this week. Diggs is slated to be covered primarily by cornerback Marcus Peters, who is questionable with a back injury, but the injury is not why I wanted to attack. <laughs> I call them betters. <laughs> oh, that's the best against Peters. Uh, it's because Peter sucks and can't handle high to elite talent like Diggs. Even if Baltimore switches it up and moves either quarterback uh, Jimmy Smith or, or Marlon Humphreys over to Diggs, he still has a distinct advantage over both of them as well. This is probably my auto lock if paying up at the position. Um, uh, definitely over Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm more on uh, – I'll give you a preview of later in the pod – uh, but I'm more on Kelsey than I am on uh, Tyreek Hill. So Stefan Diggs is definitely the spot where I really want to pay up um, if using a Bills uh, pass target, especially in this matchup. Diggs needs to explode for them to win this game. That's my opinion. Diggs, Diggs has to absolutely destroy Marcus Peters. Can he do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if if uh, uh, Amari Cooper could do it back in the day when they had the old Oakland-Kansas City game uh, where he just lit fucking Marcus Peters up, oh, my God, he could have a great day. He could have a great fucking day. All right, last but certainly not least for the Saturday uh, we're looking at tight end. We're looking at Dawson Knox, 5,011 and 3,100. Good for 8th, 8th, and 7th on the four game, 4, 3, and 3 on the two game. In a little better spot than Robert Tunyon, as the Ravens are 22nd in DVOA versus tight end, 10th in points allowed to the position. We saw last week with Jack Doyle that there is a def- uh, definite weakness on the Baltimore defense right between the linebacker and safety positions. If you had been following closely all season, you would have noticed that I had been looking at tight ends against the Ravens for most of the season. Uh, Josh Allen loves Dawson Knox. And Dawson Knox has a lot of talent. So um, is he going to score more than one touchdown? Probably not. Um, But uh, in in a matchup like this, especially even on two games late, I mean... 
to be completely honest, if I ran a two tight end set on a two game slate, I would look at uh, both the tight ends out of that game. So I'd look at Mark Andrews and I'd probably pair with Dawson Knox, to be completely honest with you. Just being honest. All right. So we're on to the Sunday games. Cleveland at Kansas City. Kansas City uh, actually dropped today. They dropped down to a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, but the total stayed up at the 57 overall. So uh, we're starting. Uh, let's let's start with the Kansas City side because let's start with the obvious stuff too first, and then we're gonna get go into uh, we'll go into what I think with Cleveland. Okay, so we'll start with Patrick Mahomes, highest price quarterback on the board, no matter what slate, at 9,242 and 8,000. Cleveland is 25th in pass defense DVOA, 25th in points allowed to the quarterback position. It's a hell of a chalk play, but in reality, he is the correct play even at his salary. I will have plenty of shares in Mahomes this weekend, but I do understand he is expensive. I will probably fade on Yahoo and go either Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen for the full weekend slate. But that would be a lie. I'll have a lineup with him in it. Yeah, you have to have one. If you're running three, run one with Mahomes. Um, and just figure it out from there. But he, he is. He's fucking, he is fucking expensive. Um, but this is the best matchup on the board uh, for the quarterback position. And he should actually have some success running it uh, as well. So, um, like I said, uh, I expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire out. Uh, that would bring either Le'Veon Bell or uh, Daryl Williams. I would expect this Le'Veon Bell, he should be He's not on the injury port, so his injury should be all right. Uh, Six thousand eighteen and fifty one hundred. Uh, in the four game slate, he is ten eight and eight. Uh, I gotta get you the. I gotta get you the two game. I wasn't actually prepared to give this to you because I'm not actually gonna go here. So. Um. On the four games, sl- uh, on the two game slate, he is seventh, fifth, and fifth. So he is he is quite cheap. Um, but that's because he's a dirty, a dirty, dirty whore. He's a whore. Um, I don't like either. I'd prefer just going at wide receiver, looking at say uh, Tyreek Hill, eighty eight hundred thirty seven and eight thousand. Good for second, first, and second. On the Sunday slate, he is the highest-priced wide receiver across the board. Uh, the Browns are fourth in DVOA versus the wide receiver one, 27th in points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole. Uh, but this is still a really good spot because Hill will line up in the slot a lot against quarterback uh, MJ Stewart. He will have the advantage on the outside against quarterback Terrence Mitchell and a small uh, advantage against cornerback Denzel Ward who's back from the COVID list after a couple of weeks. To me, it is Kelsey first and then Hill, if you're making the decision between the two. Um, the reason I'm not really fearing Denzel Ward coming back is just based on the plain and simple fact that uh, if he's been on that COVID list for, God, two, three, I believe it's two or three weeks, like basically when they originally were starting to have these issues, what kind of shape is he going to be in? Did the COVID, is is the illness 
did the illness have an effect on him, you know, breathing-wise? You know, is he going to get out of breath a lot? Covering Tyreek Hill is no small fucking task, having to run around the field. So I have some real concerns for Denzel Ward, not about facing Denzel Ward. And that's why with Sammy Watkins out this weekend, I have put in Nicole Hardman. 5,200, 16, and 3,900. Good for 20th, 14th, and 19th on the four game. 10th, 9th, and 10th on the two game. Going to be chalk as shit on two game. Four game, maybe not so much. The Browns are 29th in DVOA versus the wide receiver plus, but I'm not in because of the numbers on the stat sheet. He is a high upside play against a guy who is coming off the COVID list. We talked about it. And with how long he's been on that list, it had to affect him in some way. I don't think Ward can keep up with with him after the long layoff. And I will have a couple chairs in this matchup. So they go three wide. They love to spread it out. Uh, McCall Hardman uh, is definitely in play. That's why I'm more willing. That's why I'm kind of willing to go Kelsey and just kind of pay down for McCole Hardman, uh, Travis Kelsey, eighty five hundred, thirty four and seventy eight hundred. Uh, he's first across the board on all slates. Doesn't matter. Browns twenty eighth in DVOA versus tight end, 29th in points allowed to the position. There isn't a safer option at tight end this week. Uh, we've looked at attacking the Browns with tight end all season. And it's not an understatement. It's been all season. The him or uh, tight ends, and slot wide receivers. Kelsey is essentially the first tight end you put in your lineup and see what your lineup looks at, looks like. <laughs> what, your, what your lineup looks like. Wow, that was an, auto, that was an autocorrect. I, that's not even me. Looks like and works <laughs> and work down if you have to. So uh, Travis Kelsey, definitely, definitely the best tight end play on the board. All right, so we hit Cleveland, and we are going to look at we we. <laughs> I'm looking at Baker Mayfield. You don't have to, um, and I'll explain why. Okay, so 7,400, 26, 5,300 on the four game slate. He is sixth, seventh, and seventh on the two game slate. He is third, fourth, and fourth. So. Basically means he's right down there, bargain basement price for quarterbacks, right? Not too much, you know, but enough. Uh, Kansas City sixteenth, uh, Kansas City sixteenth in pass defense DVOA, twenty first in points allowed to the quarterback position. Although the final rankings are a little skewed based on the Week Seventeen results versus the LA Chargers, where the Chiefs rested most of their team. If you take a look at the Week Sixteen stats. Then the the Chiefs finished 12th in pass defense DVOA, 16th in points allowed to the quarterback position. I'm really only on Mayfield for the Sunday-only slate as he provides salary relief to get some of those big guns into your lineup. I will be fading Brady and Breeze in their matchup. Fading it. It just... I understand the arguments for Breeze. I understand the arguments for Brady. In my opinion... I don't like either quarterback, to be honest with you. Maybe just go ahead and pay all the way down for fucking Taysom Hill if you're going to use one of those two. Um, but like I said, don't bother asking me which one you would prefer because I will just say Mayfield, who will have to throw in this matchup and has weapons in Landry, Hooper, 
Hunt, and Chubb to get the job done through the air. I'm only using him, though, if I want to pay all the way down at the, or if I want to pay all the way up at the other positions. This will definitely help you out um, in that level. What am I expecting for Baker Mayfield? Honestly, maybe 250 and two. So it's not great. But if you want to pay up at the at the better at the other positions, uh, get the better players in good spot, you know, in really great spots, then you're going to have to get a guy in like Baker Mayfield, or like I said, just fucking pay down for Taysom Hill. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute, anyway. So I don't have him written up. I'm just saying. Um, so I kind of like the Baker Mayfield play, but like I said, it's he, he's capped. He's about two fifty and two. I don't think he's going to get that third. Uh, the reason being is because I do like the running backs in this matchup. What we saw in Pittsburgh was very odd, right? A uh, couple turnovers early. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a touchdown pass. A um, couple rushing touchdowns in there. And then he also had, uh, God, was it? He had two, uh, two more touchdowns. So he had, th- he had three. He can get three in this matchup, but, um, but in reality, when you look at the team construction, what they like to do, they like to run the ball. They like to shove it right up your ass, right? So you have Nick Chubb, eighty-two hundred thirty-six and sixty-six hundred. Uh, good for second, second, and third on the four-game slate and second across the board on the two-game slate. Kareem Hunt is 6,200, 26, and 4,800. Good for eighth, fifth, and tenth on the four-game slate, fifth, third, and seventh on the two-game slate. Chiefs are 31st in DVOA for both the rush defense and against the running back in the passing game, 23rd in points allowed to the RB position. I like both RB options here. Uh, but it will be easier to fit Hunt in your lineup, especially for the Sunday-only slate. Chubb did show last week what he can do if the Browns are willing to throw the ball to him. Hunt would like nothing more than to shove the ball down the Chiefs' throats after cutting him two seasons ago. So he had that, uh, I don't know if you'd call it domestic abuse. It was more of an assault on a woman at a hotel. Um and the Chiefs just straight up caught him. Um, but, you know, uh, you have the child beater, and they gave him a new contract. So, you know, it's, it's this is <laughs> the first time they're going to play each other. First time they're playing each other in the playoffs. Man, he wants to fuck his shit up. Chubb will see the most uh, touches of the two, so I would make sure to get a share of both in some of your lineups, um, you know, one or the other. I don't know if you can really afford to put both in there. Um, but I, you, anybody anybody who's read any of my stuff, anybody who's seen the spreadsheets, you know what I like. I love running backs. I love running backs against the Chiefs. So don't be afraid to use Nick Chubb, even though he's expensive, okay? We can talk it through. Uh, you build your lineups. Everybody knows how to get a hold of me, so just get a hold of me. Show me the lineup with Nick Chubb, and we'll get it figured out. Um, 
So definitely consider him, but I, I kind of like Kareem Hunt. I kind of like that discounted price in there. I'm just wondering if people are going to gravitate a little bit more to Kareem Hunt because of the, uh, you know, quote-unquote revenge narrative. I just think it's a fucking hell of a matchup, so I'm willing to kind of look there. All right, so wide receiver-wise for the Browns, uh, Jarvis Landry, 6,900, 21, and 5,600. Good for 7th, 8th, and 8th on the four-game, 5th, 6th, and 5th on the two-game. Landry is the only Browns wide receiver I'm looking to roster this weekend. Chiefs are ninth in DVOA versus wide receiver one, fourth in points allowed to the position overall. Now, Jarvis has the advantage no matter if he sees cornerback Legereus Sneed in the slot or cornerback Charverius Ward on the outside. Like I said, he's the only wide receiver for the Browns I will consider this week. And, yes, I did consider Rashad Higgins. And I did consider Donovan Peoples-Jones. But I... Honestly, I really don't like either one of them. I'd rather just kind of move over to tight end and look at Austin Hooper. 5,500, 15, and 3,800. Good for sixth, sixth, and fifth. Uh, fourth, fourth, and third on the two-game slate. Chiefs are 14th in DVOA versus tight end. 26 in points allowed to the position. That means touchdowns. Hooper's role has grown since the start of December with him being the main tight end target for Baker Mayfield. Add in tight end David Njoku being questionable for the weekend, and it only solidifies his role against Kansas City. You'll also have uh, other backup, Steven Carlson, uh, as questionable this week. I doubt he's going to play either. So uh, it's pretty much probably going to be Hooper, uh, a banged-up Njoku, and Harrison Bryant. Um, you could maybe use Harrison Bryant, but he hasn't been really getting the targets. He's been really preferring Cooper. So, uh, that's kind of the way that I would stick with it. If I'm going to be completely honest, last game, we're looking at Tampa Bay at new Orleans, new Orleans, uh, still three point favorite. 52 is the over under, not really too high on this game, to be completely honest. If I'm looking at anything, though, I'm looking at the wide receivers for Tampa Bay, specifically Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Uh, Chris Godwin, 7,500, 30, and 6,100. Good for fourth, fifth, and sixth on the four-game slate, second, third, and fourth on the two-game slate. Antonio Brown, 6,400, 22, and 5,400. Good for tenth, seventh, and ninth on the four-game 6th, 5th, and 6th on the two-game slate. New Orleans is 12th in DVOA versus the wide receiver 2, which is Godwin, and 15th in DVOA versus the wide receiver plus, which is Brown, while 17th in points allowed to the wide receiver position overall. I'm fading wide receiver Mike Evans because he always has an issue when he faces quarterback Marshawn Lanaborn and fails for fantasy every time. Could he get a touchdown? Yeah, cheap touchdown. Nothing too much, though, for yardage. Uh, Godwin and Brown will switch off between the outside and the slot, facing cornerback Janoris Jenkins on the outside, cornerback Chauncey Gardner-Johnson while in the slot. I'm leaning more towards uh, Antonio in this matchup, not only because of salary, but his history in facing Jenkins, who he has beaten in the past because Janoris has issues covering smaller-slash-faster wide receivers. I still like Godwin, but really only when he is in the slot against uh, Gardner-Johnson. So if you're going to pick one, go with Antonio Brown. Um, Godwin. 
Godwin's going to be a little bit higher used. Well, I might have to take that back. Antonio Brown's been getting pumped up. I had, I already had him in here on what Wednesday when I started inserting, and then everybody found it. So he might be a little bit higher on, but I think it's a really good spot for Antonio Brown. So uh, I pretty much doubt that I'm going to fade anything with it. And that's and that's that's all I that's all I fucking have for uh, Tampa. To be completely honest with you, uh, there's a bunch of people looking at Rob Gronkowski. They can go fuck themselves on that. Tom Brady, no, not doing it. We switch over to the the New Orleans side. I did have Drew Brees in here for the longest time, only because Tampa's secondary has just played like complete shit. Um, but I've completely i completely took him out i'm not looking there anymore we already have our uh quarterback grouping uh thought four was going to be enough on there so uh running back though i am taking a look at alvin kamara nine thousand thirty seven hundred seventy nine hundred uh good for first across the board no matter what's late so Kamara has had success in this matchup, but is still a defense that is first in rush defense DVOA, sixth in DVOA versus running back in the passing game, while second in points allowed to the position. There's a few people that believe that Kamara will be highly used this weekend, and that might be true for the two-game slate, but I don't believe so on the full weekend slate. I have more faith in Alvin getting the job done in a bad spot than quarterback Drew Brees getting it done in a great spot, to be completely honest. Uh we got to keep an eye. It's gonna be. It's gonna suck if this doesn't get done uh, tomorrow. But back up. Uh, Latavius Murray is questionable this weekend, so if he doesn't go, that means it's it's all Camara for the Saints, except when maybe Taysom Hill steals a touchdown. So uh, I'm probably gonna just wait for Sunday to see if this if it comes about. Um, as I'm not a hundred percent sold to be completely honest with Alvin Kamara, but if you look back at his matchups, the past, you know, in 2020, 2019, uh, versus the same coordinator, uh, defense has played just as well in both season seasons. You'll notice that Alvin Kamara has actually gotten the job done except for like, say one game. Um, and that's either he's gotten a touchdown with, you know, a handful of catches with, you know, a little bit of yardage. So it was kind of like he'd, he'd hit about 18, 21 points. That's kind of what I'm expecting. So if you don't think that's enough, then you, you completely fade it, right? But there's not really that great of, you know, running back matchups outside of um, the Cleveland Browns duo. So... Unless you're willing, like I said, unless you unless you're willing to take a risk with uh, the Kansas City, the Kansas City guys, but uh, I'm just saying, fuck that. To be completely honest with you, um, here we go. Uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas, seventy two hundred thirty three and sixty seven hundred, good for fifth, third, and fourth on the four game, third, second, and second on the two game. Really is only Thomas for this offense that I could trust in the passing game, even against the Tampa secondary that has been awful the latter part of the year. Tampa 6 in DVOA versus wide receiver 1, 18th in points allowed to the position overall. 
Whether he faces quarterback Sean Murphy Bunting or cornerback Carlton Davis, he has the advantage over both, and no one else in their secondary is any better against him. He still comes in second for me to Stefan Diggs over the weekend if paying up at the position. Um, now, we could talk here for a minute there's a possibility that Traquan Smith is going to be activated off of I well, he has been activated off of IR, but activated to play in this game. So you're going to have to monitor that. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to try and chase that whole fucking Devon, uh, Deontay Harris shit uh, from last weekend. I'm not going back to the well on it. Even if Smith, you know, happens to, they say he's not going to be in there. I don't know if I'm going to go back to Deontay Smith because that's good. And if if Traquan truly is out, I think Deontay Smith is going to be incredibly high used. So I'm going to pass on that. I did honestly look at Jared Cook. Uh, I figured we had too many tight ends, so I passed on it. Um, but he's got a good matchup. Tampa, uh, I like attacking Tampa with the tight ends uh, because they're 25th in DVOA versus them and 23rd in points allowed uh, and would have Kevin Minter. So uh, Jerry Cook, if you're kind of looking for uh, kind of a cheaper option um, as far as like for your flex so you can pay up, um, I don't hate Jerry Cook. And now that I've said it on here, I can use Jerry Cook. Okay. Okay. Okay, fuckers. Okay, maybe I want to put. Maybe I want to run a Hooper and and Jared Cook. Maybe I want to. It's not a lot of upside, but they'll get touchdowns. But really, uh, Travis Kelsey on the Sunday slate is probably just the way to go. Uh, defense for Sunday, uh, going to lean New Orleans. Um, Forty-eight hundred, sixteen, and thirty-three hundred. Good for first, third, and third on the four game. Uh, first, first, and second on the two game. So not really paying down for any defenses. Like I said, if if you need if if you if you really need to save money, um, to get a guy of extreme extreme quality, like you need to save a couple bucks, and you could fit Travis Kelsey in there. You know, in your lineup, like, go ahead and fucking do it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Just go ahead and fucking do it. But New Orleans definitely has um, found whatever the fucking code is to get Tom Brady. We've talked about it before. Right up the fucking middle. You get him right up the middle. You put the pressure on him. Turnovers. uh, Or, well, uh, pressures, sacks, turnovers. So... And they've got they've got the tools to do it. They've got the players to do it. But it is Friday night. I am going to get out of here so I can get this to you guys. So uh, yeah, find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore thirteen. Hit me up on Facebook, Dennis M Roy over there. Or if you're in the Sports Illustrated DFS chats, the Vegas Whispers, hit me up. I'll help you out. Let's get her done this weekend. Have a good one.